That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant Voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. The s and Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Welcome to episode 244 of the S&D Podcast Show. Steven, Dan, and Vin are all here. What's going on, boys? Not much. Uh, the NFL draft was very nice and productive. Uh, hope the people that watched our instant reactions enjoyed them. Um, we all had a good time. I could say for myself, we had a good. I could. I could say for myself, I had a good time. I'm not sure about you guys, but it was it was cool. Yeah, the Instagram lives were fun. Uh, draft weekend. It was nice to have something to watch again. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't uh, as happy as I would have liked to be in the moment, but we can. Uh... That's why we did what we did. Uh, yeah, and uh, I've I've come to terms with it. I've I've formulated my opinions in a succinct way, and you'll hear them a little later. Um. Yeah, and we will definitely be having the. The video's up this week. Um, Having some technical difficulties getting the large files off the Instagram to to computer. Um, Apparently, you can't save those when you do when you do lives. Really? That's that. Well, that would be so much easier. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to like record my screen while they were playing. So I had to have the volume on them also. Because if you record it, because I tried recording it without volume so I can like be ready for the next pick. And when it started recording, it, I like went back to listen to make sure the volume was there. There was no volume. I was like, what is happening? Right. So I had to pull it all again and it was just, it was a long time. But it's okay. It looked awesome. I'm going to do some photoshopping and some final cut proing and... Put it all together for everybody, and we will definitely be putting that out on Instagram TV this week. Um, it was kind of cool to kind of do it in the moment. Uh, I am kind of upset. I do. I've been finding out a couple of friends of mine are fans of other teams that we don't root for. Like I have a friend who had a really interesting reaction to the Bears, and would have been fun to uh, have him on if I knew that. Better planning could have turned into having him do a live also. Um, with that being said, Danny, how's Nicole? Doing okay. Um, looks like Tuesday is going to be the day we induce, so my last Sunday without being a dad, so. JPP is on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's exciting. Yeah. Made it through draft weekend. Yeah. Credit credit to her. (laughs) Yeah, no, 
credit. No, honestly, because it was funny because her doctor was on Wednesday and everybody's like, oh, no. Usually, usually it's like, that's it. Yeah. And she held it together, thankfully. <laughs> she held it together. The kid decided, it was like, you know what, that? Well, I'm going to give you this one because, you know, for the next six months at least, you're not for the next 18 drafts. Yeah, no. It's. <laughs> She, she thankfully if it wasn't pandemic she she's technically due in two weeks but with the pandemic and everything and the regulations are everything so they want to do it a week early so it's still a natural term for uh doctor speak so good yeah this pandemic is a uh, wreaking havoc <laughs> tell me about it right uh, i know anyway do we uh, want to get into our thoughts yeah, so let's let's hear your guys' thoughts on this virtual draft thing that we did. First off, the Goodell getting lazy was awesome. Yeah, I he did a lot. He did. I gave him a lot more credit because I thought it was gonna be a lot sooner, like the second round. He was gonna be like, eh, I'm not gonna do this. I, I was just like, I, I think I, I I try to look for these things often when people are on like sets and things. I'm always like, where do they sit? And they're just going to stand there for eight hours. Like, so as soon as the shot you see, you don't see his chair. I'm like, he's got to have like a bar stool around here somewhere that he could. Oh, for sure. Kind of lean on. Yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah. for sure. But yeah, I mean, he could have done the whole draft sitting in that chair. He didn't have to like, at the end, he was like putting his feet up and like, like over playing the relaxing. Yeah. He could have just. Robot Goodell. Right, he could have just comfortably sat in the chair and read every pick. He didn't have to stand up the Right, like there were a couple of pl- spots where he could have stood up, and there are plenty of spots where he couldn't. The annoying thing to me was just like, and Rosen and I were talking about this. Everything just felt like it took forever, especially on night one. Like, nor yeah. if it was the normal draft, you understand that it's taking forever and why it's taking forever, but. This draft, they could have fantasy football styled it. Been like, all right, cool. You should already have everything set up. You guys get four min- five minutes between picks. Hey, you then- know what? I really didn't have the same problem because it, it ended around the same time as always. So it was just I thought they did a phenomenal job of all things considered of the circumstances they had. Um, NFL and ESPN did a good job with uh, conjoining the two broadcasts together. Um, Trey Wendigo did it pretty well as always it's i think i think the reason why a lot of people were like got crazy about the sad stories and everything is i don't think a lot of people watch day two and three and usually and see the other stories and just like normally just have it as background noise and they don't really sit down and watch it because i thought it was the same the same storylines every year and the same uh, certain reactions with certain people were normally the same so it, it was it was it was good what they had to do they did and and uh belichick's dog in that f- the second round pick was pretty funny as well a couple other moments um i thought i thought it, was, it went pretty smoothingly as as well as it could have i did miss unfortunately some of the interviews like with the actual players would have been more if that was more realistically able to do which obviously wasn't, but that would have been cool to hear more player interviews, not just Mel Kuyper and uh, what, Dana Giant. One of the other things they could have done a better job at is not cutting to like players. 
or doing more of like a all right this is the these are the five guys we're hearing so these are the so put five guys on the screen instead of showing the guy on the phone with the team crying being all excited and then telling him hey do us a favor we need a shot of you being surprised that you got picked yeah that happened too many times (laughs) you're right on that and that used to happen all the time when like social media first started and and with the green room you know i.e the rogers yeah um and all those other guys who waited long times in the green room you know it used to be like hey listen they used to used to make it a thing i think it was was it last year or the year before where it was like with two minutes left or after it says pick is in they're not allowed to show the green room or anything well, yeah, that, like, it took them from, the green room started in 2004, it took them to, like, 2015 to realize we should stop showing the green room. Right, and, like, show it after the pick is made, be like, oh, right. wow, like, when the Giants made the pick, showing Isaiah Simmons would have been a great shot, then, like, all right, let's see his reaction to you not getting picked here. I I don't know logistically how it would have worked, but, like, you could have shown their they they showed their reactions they could have showed their reactions afterwards, like instead of showing it in the moment, like they they often went to who they thought was going to be picked and showed them answering the phone and all that stuff, and I was like, okay, well that guy's getting picked. Well, I, then again, we also had other moments. Um, which one was it? The Eagles one. They showed Jefferson getting a phone call from LSU. All ecstatic and stuff, and Brian and I both said on the live thing that, oh, this is the guy. This is clearly the first. This is clearly the pick. Like, and then they didn't take him. And then they ended up not taking him. So that one actually kind of worked out in the favor. But yeah, they had to do. They could have done a better job with it. I feel like they should incorporate this more for like a day three. I feel like more yeah. people would be inclined to watch. I I think we should go back. My personal thing is I would they should go back to like the way they did the green room in the original like a couple times where it was like the top ten or like maybe top fifteen. If you were and projected, you the, yeah, you could have the rest of them on remotes because that's where going back to what Danny was talking about with the the family tragedies or whatever. I felt it. I did feel it more. I agreed with most the most of the people because they had that extra. 10 minutes they had to fill that wasn't an interview with, you know, Deion Sanders interviewing the guy or whatever, <laughs> showing the hug every 10 minutes. It, they they just, maybe the stories were the same, but they just hung on it a little longer. That's, so, that's fair. So that's it, why. It's the same, it's not the same story, but it, it you do get your share every you year. So. But like they just, they harped on it a little bit because they had nothing else to talk about. Yeah. What, there's a funny thread on Twitter. I, I have to find it, but somebody did. That with just like superheroes, basically, and oh yeah, I saw that too. That it was very, funny, it was yeah. very funny. Yeah, I saw. Like that. it was like Tony Stark, like you know, locker room problems or whatever, and then like uh, a teammate's best friend killed his parents and whatever. It's like it's like it was you know funny stuff like that. Batman, obviously. So I, you could probably find it. I forgot somebody tweeted. It. Probably find it. Um, overall, I think it went well. I, it went as well as it could have gone, and. I definitely would be up for in- incorporating some kind of thing like this going forward. Yeah. Especially with the players. And like I said, day three. Because you're going to watch day one. You're going to get ratings on day two. But day three, nobody really watches it. 
in debt. Nobody sits there and watches it in debt. But like, even I caught myself yesterday being like, "All right, let's see what's going on here." Yeah, I didn't watch any day three. I mean, I, 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 I like, like if I was watching a movie and the movie ended, I would click it on and be like, "Oh, let me check out the last couple of picks or who's up on the board or whatever." Yeah, like, the, yeah, same, same. It wasn't like I sat there and watched it, but they said today that this was the all, for all three days they broke ratings. That's definitely quarantine related, but like, yeah, but why not try it for next year for day three? You can give it a shot, and it's not adding this to it for day three. Because think about this: like last year, it was what Philadelphia, right? Or two years ago, it was in Dallas. We'll just use that one because I don't remember what last year was. I think it was Philly, but two years ago it was in Dallas. And... I think last year was Nashville. Oh, yeah, and that last year was Nashville. So day one, you're watching, right? Day two, you're watching. And day three, they can still do the same thing being live from there. But they're not going to have players and stuff there. But if you start doing this like, hey, you're pro- we have 60 guys who are projected all to go on day three. We're going to have video. Ca- we're going to have virtual drafting for them. And we're going to show it on the stage and, you know, do commemorative announcing on the stage and all that kind of stuff. Right. Hey. People may tune in. Also, will get people more interested in not just showing up on days one and two and then spending all this money and have all this set up for three days. I don't know how much um, they want to spend. Like, I, I don't. They probably had to send NFL guys to all the sixty players' houses too. Like, I don't think, you know, the like there's cameramen in the house. You saw. I don't know if you were supposed to see it, but somebody jumped into a shot by mistake. Yeah, and you saw a cameraman. So like, doing that for day three guys, I don't think to them they would feel worth it. I don't think then you're not going to get the ratings you got this week on a normal things are open Saturday. You just just not going to happen. So, and, and also to the Giants' credit, they announced um, it was in the new it was in Newsday today on Sunday. Um, the reason why Joe Judge was where he was was he was actually in a apartment in New Jersey instead of in his home in Massachusetts where the dog was because it was easier for him and better for the team being closer to the IT guys than making the giant IT guys have to travel all the way to... Because most head coaches have places to live by the team. So it's easier. For, it was easier for him to be closer to the team not owning a place in like New Jersey or New York yet. Because he is a new coach. So that was why they didn't have the dog and all that fun stuff. Danny kept bringing up the dog on the... Yeah, yeah, Abby. Abby, yeah. Yeah. So that's why Abby wasn't seen. It was literally just him by himself. And it was weird because, like, there were a couple quotes in there that said, like, oh, my daughter kept asking, why wasn't I on TV? Why wasn't I able to be on TV? And it was like, wow, that kind of hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know how many people went on the yacht with Jerry Jones. His evil lair? That guy on a yacht. You gotta love it. You can't You can't even be mad about it. The fact that he did I, that. I, mean, I said it in the moment. I texted it, or put it in the Instagram live. It looked like he was on a spaceship. Like, that's... He might have been, might as well have been on the, the, the deck of the Enterprise at that moment. Is what it looked like. It's just like... This man is an evil, you know, villain in a movie, in a James Bond movie. This is that's what he is. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I think that's it from the actual, for the logistics of draft. They went, you know, smooth, nothing. Somebody did get, they did with the fans thing. Somebody put up the uh, the big black guy thing. Yes, I saw. I don't know if yeah, you guys saw yeah. it. They caught them with that, which, I mean, that's funny. And they didn't Would. put the inappropriate, yeah, they didn't put the inappropriate part of it. It was just the guy's face, so that was funny. It's just you know. And also, Vrabel's uh, house. Some guy was caught taking a dump. Yeah, well, that was a it was a fake. There was he was like sitting on a bar stool or something. It was like they they was all made to be a joke. Because there was like there was a guy dressed in like 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 the freaking guy from The Incredibles. Like he he was just they were just messing around, which is the most Vrabel thing to do. <laughs> and then Belichick was just never caught on camera, except for like right, one just... split second. Right. And he was like, "Yep, not doing this anymore." He doesn't want to be on camera. Um, I thought all the other teams were pretty set up well. Um, Arizona was living life. Bruce Arians got mad. No, Bruce Arians. Uh, Bill O'Brien got mad. Why did he get Why? mad? Why did he get mad? He, they were supposed to, I think they were supposed to make a trade with Houston. He is Houston. No, with, with Houston. No, I know. <laughs> I'm Houston was supposed to make a trade with I forgot who it was. Maybe it was the Ravens, and they the Ravens backed out, and like they caught it on thing, and he like flipped out, and like he he was annoyed, but he couldn't. He was stuck in his corner, so he got up and like was walk pacing back and forth because he couldn't get out of this. his corner. Yeah, it it wasn't like demonstrative, but you could you could, you could clearly see he's like yelling, and then he tries to find a way out, and he can't get a way out of his corner. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I think it was on night. I think it was night two. I don't think it was night one. Um. So, all in all, it was a cool experience to see it. Um. Definitely something different. Something we're probably don't have to get really used. Hopefully, won't have to get used to. Of course. Um. All things considered, they it was good. Would you want to see other teams think about doing other leagues? Sorry, leagues thinking about this, like just putting it out there as an idea at this point, like the NBA and the NHL with their drafts coming up. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a necessity to be completely honest. The the, the NHL is discussing their draft because it's. I mean, we know the NHL draft is always right after the season, right? So we don't know if they're they don't know if they're gonna wait because then you're could be you could like use those guys or I don't know. There was some kind of issue with having people. Oh, they they would be drafted before their season ends, basically. Like a lot of the European guys on European teams. If they're going to do a draft this year, it's going to have to be that way. It's going to have to be virtual. So, I mean, those leagues are a lot, well, at least the NHL is significantly less um, uh, put together than the NFL. Right. So I could see a lot more problems happening, and there's a significantly older GM demographic in the NHL, so I that's going to be a problem. The basketball will be fine. You don't want to watch so, Lou try and do a virtual draft? No, I, I don't want to watch any I, I couldn't I think the, the like the youngest hockey GM I don't even know who it is it's probably like Bill Guerin he's like in his 40s it's definitely not the youngest one 
I don't know. Yeah. There might be a younger one. The guy in Arizona might be I younger. So. I don't know, but the old hockey men trying to figure out the technology would uh, would be would not go well. It'd be funny, but it would not go well. The NBA would be fine. It's only you know it's two rounds. They would you know do it very easily. NHL GMs by age. None of them have their age here. I mean, it's I know it's an old group. <laughs> Only when they started. Nobody with age, though. It's got the longest tenure. Nashville has the same GM since 1997. Really? Wow. <laughs> Pretty surprising. Well, they've only had three coaches. Relatively not successful. They've also only had three coaches. Oh, it just seems surprisingly. Yeah. I, I mean, but... Do you know... That the longest tenured ma- manager in Major League Baseball is only was was hired in 2011. I believe it, cause it's... uh, um, Booch, uh, Bochi and what's his face, uh, Solskjaer are gone now. So. Yeah, it's Bob Melvin from uh, from Oakland, but like I just, I mean, baseball wise, eight years is like well nine years now. It's not that long. Well, that's what you get when you're thinking along the lines of Moneyball, then. Cheapest guy ma- keeps the job forever. The manager doesn't matter. So they just keep the same guy who's going to listen to them. Introducing SN Snapshots, a new photography business started up by SND Podcast co-host Steven. Make sure to follow him on all of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching SN Snapshots. That's shots with a Z. He can also be reached very easily through his website snapshots.com. So, if you need a photographer for any sort of event and or project, contact SN Snapshots now. So, let's get down to the actual local teams and the Green Bay Packers draft picks and other crazy uh, observations we had during the week. Since the Jets and Giants uh, drafted in the first round offensive linemen, we automatically have to go to the Green Bay Packers pick. Um with drafting uh, Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah. Um, if you didn't see Vin's initial reaction when it first happened, it was obviously priceless because, like, like a lot of us expected, with the help that they need on wide, wide receiver slash DBs, there was plenty of those guys left when the Packers were picking. So uh, take us through um, what you were thinking inside your head because, obviously, you were alive, and we saw your instant reaction. Uh, what, what was actually going on inside your head? Because you, you're like, what? Uh-huh. And then it, it just, like, you look like your brain shut down real quick. Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys humoring the Green Bay Packers in general because they're not a local team, and nobody really cares about them but I, but me. But anyway, um, it is... This was a thing, like, that the whole throughout the whole draft process, mock drafts, that people were predicting this wasn't i wasn't surprised by this i was maybe surprised is the right word because i i didn't think that this was the time but i knew this was a possibility this was always you know one of the things that was floated so in the moment i guess i guess shocked would be the word surprised would be the word because i didn't think it was the time yet to do it but now that i've had you know three days to think about it uh if they think this is the guy, I, I think it's maybe a year too early. But if they've done their homework, 
between like next year's guys, and I know it's a little early, but I, you have to think about it like that. I think in this situation, that if you think this is going to be the guy you want over a guy next year or a guy in two years, then I'm okay with going to get him. They they had done enough in free agency, I thought, to put themselves in the position where they could take the best player available on day one. They, they, you know, covered their inside self at inside linebacker. They covered themselves at 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 tackle. Uh, they at least had a little influx at wide receiver. They, they were, it's a body. It's a third guy. Now, going on. I mean, we could continue later on to day two and day three, but day one, round one. I I'm okay with the quarterback pick. He's got a big arm. He's got some. It seems like he's got some uh, decision making issues to work through. But that's every young quarterback. He also has had three different offensive coordinators at his at, at you know, all three years in college. So getting in one system for a couple of years. Put a grade on it. I would say it's a let's see what happens. With a letter C. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm with you. It's just one of those things is you, you can't forget the overall team. But with certain situations, like, this is, would have been a perfect year to add to the talent that Aaron Rodgers needed to get back to the NFC Championship game. So... It's just one of those, you understand why they did it, but was this year the right year to do it? Hey. Again, having a couple of days to think about it, I'm okay with this being the year to do it. And the reason I say that is, while they went to the NFC Championship game and they won 13 games, I, and I expressed this to you guys, to, you know, on the show in, during the season, I did not think this was a 13-win roster. They had a lot of right. games that were close. I've said it before. They beat the Lions both times without ever actually leading in the game until time was expiring. They beat the Panthers without Cam against Kyle Allen on a, a goal line stop that I think still think Christian McCaffrey might have scored on. You know, they beat uh, a chief team that didn't have Patrick Mahomes, and it still went down to the wire. So... This could have very easily been a 10-win team, which is what I honestly think roster, you know, realistic expectation-wise, it's a 10-win roster. So not adding to that in the immediate, I don't think they're one guy away. So I, I, I don't, I'm not furious about the, you know, I, I didn't think they're one receiver away. But I do did think that adding a receiver or some kind of pass catcher as Rogers declines was the correct move. Cause it, it was very clear. I even watched, I was watching some highlights just from the season earlier today and every deep pass, even though it was complete, obviously it's highlights or only showing some completed deep passes every time it's the receiver was rounding off their route because the ball was underthrown. And that just wasn't, you know, that wasn't the case on those old school, uh, play action deep bombs to Jordan they used to run. Now they run it to somebody else, but 
you know, it's those were never underthrown. Now they're underthrown. He's he's older. He's had two collarbone injuries. He's never been great with his footwork, and now that his arm isn't as strong, he probably needs to work on that part of his game. The funny thing is, is like this was the guy you were also talking about. Like you wanted him, Mike. If it was a second rounder, you would be. The, I think you would be the happiest person. I I would have been fine. I, I happiest person, whatever. It would have been a perfect pick in the second round. And we saw Jalen Hurts go to Philly in the second round. That was the other guy I was eyeing. I was fine with which a quarterback a, in the second round. Which I think is a crazier. Yeah, I don't know what the hell Jalen Hurts went to Philly. Was, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get it into it. Yeah. Make sense. But it's a little less, I guess. At least with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, they'll be able to tell, talk to each other on being backups, uh, laying their backups win championships right. while they get hurt. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, the run of receivers had happened already, so they weren't going to get one of the big four, which, I mean, it didn't look – it was never likely, but it got to – I mean, Jefferson went, what, 22 or 23? Jefferson so, like, went there, but why would the Packers trade up to draft this guy? If they're going to get a receiver – well, that, that, that was the other thing. So why are they tra- trading up to get this quarterback? The thought process was there was somebody else, probably the Colts, looking to jump in and get this back into the first and get love. They went with – I think they took Jacob Eason on day three. three. Yeah. Yeah. So – Who they all – who everyone says is like maybe four years away. Which is uh, four years. I don't know. We'll see. Um, they say he's he doesn't like to watch film and like something I read the other day about that guy was that it was very similar to what you heard about like why Vic needed Donovan McNabb when he first got to Philly and why he got better because of in Philly they taught him to actually like watch film compared to Atlanta when they just were like, hey, you're good enough, do whatever you want. Right, I um, if if I was in charge and we're using, I'm using this draft capital. They used a fourth round pick to jump up and get him. I would have rather even used that same fourth round pick, or the or a fifth round pick, whatever it would have cost to move up. So in the first take, one of those guys that went uh, was it Higgins or uh, I don't know. Somebody else went. The first two picks of the second round were Higgins and somebody else, another receiver. Um, I would have waited at 30, picked one of those two guys, and then used whatever capital you would have used to move up and take probably Hurts in the second round. Right. Uh, if I were in charge, that's the way I would have done the draft. But they like Love. They think Love's the guy. I, you know, I'm not going to argue with them. You want to. Well, I don't, I don't agree with the philosophy they went with for the rest of the draft, but they have there is a plan, which is more than you can you know most teams can say sometimes. Like we're just talking about with Jalen Hurts and Philly, what's the plan there? That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. There is a plan. I don't like I said I don't necessarily agree with it, but they have a very clear plan at the moment. Do they have a clear plan though? The plan is to. 
so last year they ran a lot of, and I think it was clear, it was two two different offenses. They were running Lafleur's whatever, you know, McVay Shanahan offense, whatever you want to call it, right? Combined with what some of the McCarthy stuff, and it felt most of the time very disjointed out of whack because there was no rhythm of the offense that you're running two different offenses at one time. The only time the offense ever got into rhythm was basically when Devontae Adams got hurt for five weeks and they ran more of the Lafleur stuff because they didn't have Adams there as an offense. They basically had no receivers. Yeah. And they went, I think they won four out of five games and their offense looked fine the whole time. The only game they lost, I think, was that they had a stinker in San Diego. But besides that, they they I were rolling over game. people. <laughs> but uh, if – so they drafted um, – we'll, I'll continue on the Packers draft, and we'll get to the Giants and the Jets draft later. They drafted uh, running back in the second round, A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. He's a bruiser. He's a big guy. You know, if you watch his highlights, he's, there's five guys on the ground every time he carries the ball. Now, he also went to Boston College, so he has a lot of tread on his tires. Right. Um, As we've they, seen in the past. Right. And they say, you know, he's one of those guys that has a durable body and he can take it. You know, he's they're basically comparing him to Le, Le Garrett Blunt, who we saw Le Garrett Blunt go on for, you know, he must have been in the league for 10 years. So um, if that's your Isn't he still in the league? Thing, I don't know. Is he still in the league? I think so. I, okay, I feel so like the he, Patriots but may still have him somewhere. Right, right. Yeah, he was on the Patriots forever, and and as later on his role, you know, lessened to more of a goal line back, but he was effective, pretty much all that time. That's the pretty much the comparison of this guy. I did see somebody compare him to Derrick Henry, but I'm not gonna put it on that on anybody. <laughs> yeah, I know that's just that's the top bruiser in the league, so you just pick him at thin air. Is kind of what I was thinking there. Um. But, if that's the case, Andre Williams was compared to Derrick Henry. Right. Yeah. So I was wrong on that one. He's the thunder and lightning with Aaron Jones. They still, obviously still have Jamal Williams on the team, so that's another weapon. Plus, Aaron Jones is due to be a free agent after next season. And, I mean, they probably won't bring him back. They're just paying a running back isn't a great idea. Um, so Skill <laughs> positions don't matter. According to the Packers. I mean, you don't pay running. Paying running backs, we've seen, does not work. That's just a thing. So, yeah. Shame. They all get cut. Literally every one of them. <laughs> oh, damn. Except for Ryan Grant. I mean, Ryan Grant got cut. Yeah, after breaking his leg. That's true. But, like, I mean, we'll see how it works with Christian McCaffrey. But, like, the girl he got cut. Devontae Freeman got paid and then has not been the same person. Like, well, that's well, he why got they brought too. Curly. Devontae got For cut? Devontae Freeman got cut? Yeah. I must have missed that one. Yeah, no. he got cut because of Curly. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. All right. It says, well, everywhere so. says that he's currently an Atlanta Falcon. Maybe they're going to cut him? I'm almost positive they said the he got cut. I don't know. Anyway, round three, we took... Uh, they released him on the 16th. Okay, there you go. Jos- I can't pronounce his name. Josiah Degura. Degura? I don't know. 
He's a tight end from Cincinnati. Now, it says tight end. He's lined up basically everywhere. They showed, they were showing uh, highlights. He lined up out wide, lined up in the slot. He's much more of a, he's a taller Kyle Juszczyk is basically what I've come to understand from all the things. You know, he's ideally would be used as a fullback tight end spot, but he can go out wide kind of thing. That's really the only pass catcher they drafted. Um, after that, it's all offensive linemen that apparently get Steven angry. Um, and one, uh-huh. uh, a linebacker and a safety. So I, they filled up the defensive, the, the depth needs. This is on day three, they draft, you know, linemen and develop them. It's what they've been doing for 10 years and it's whatever. Um, there are but, two Michigan linemen in this draft that I want on the Giants. You're we used to be them. the center for the next 10 years. We're running to come in and learn this year and be the left tackle for the next 10 years starting next year. Well, so, so basically in conclusion, there were 13 wide receivers drafted in this draft. It's a tie to record for the league, and zero of them went to the Green Bay Packers. Zero. Yes. So it's not so it's not great. I don't agree with it, but like I said, they're focusing on running the ball. They they still have um I mean Alan Lazard was an undrafted guy, but he kinda burst onto the scene last year, so another year, develop a little more. Um they still have Marquez Valdez Scantling and they signed Devin Funches, I said. Equinemia St. Brown was on IR all, late, all year last year, so he's back. He should be back and healthy this year. If that's your four with the tight end they drafted, plus Jay Sternberger, who's supposed to be – looked good from what I saw of him. He didn't play much because of stupid Jimmy Graham. I, I'm not thrilled, but I've, I'm less annoyed than I was as the draft was going on. And there's always a receiver or two that's, you know, you can get a veteran guy either at the deadline, which is, what, week five or something, like, whatever, or week eight. And the and in camp, somebody gets cut, you know, a trade, whatever. So, obviously, the offseason isn't over. But the fact that they literally zero addressed it at all is, like, was shocking to me. But outside of that fact, I like the players they picked. I just didn't think they addressed that one need, obviously. All right, let's let's talk. They about haven't the drafted team. a skill position in years. That's why they haven't drafted a skill position in the first round since let's, 2003. They let's have talk about quarterback the Jets as a skill. for a bit before I mean, we hit with the Giants. Um, the Jets seem to have a good draft picks. They, I, I, I still I like don't get how they backed up so much in the second and round. Still and, got him, and hey. still ended up with him. That's hey, just, sometimes you I just gotta pissed. trust your gut. Sometimes you just gotta trust that, your that gut. That was Vin's wideout. Well, they took him. Yeah, they took him in with two picks before the Packers. I was like, either we jump up or the Jets are gonna draft him right here. And they didn't jump up and they draft Jets trip. The amount of hate that the Jets got for having him on the board and moving back was insane. Oh yeah. On Twitter. He's and, also he's gonna be a project though. He's very raw. He's got all the skills but, but he if you look at it he's he'll fast be, basically be he'll basically be uh robbie anderson he's the same thing robbie yeah, just run a straight still... line and throw the ball <laughs> well, so robbie anderson I, I mean, 
That's Ryan Anderson never. We saw flashes, but it never really got there. Yeah, I like Piron. I like the running back. I've saw him a lot in Florida, which is pretty good. And their defensive end, I I like him as well. So I think the Jets did pretty well. It's really going to be interesting to see what uh, Makai Becton, if he learns technique, like I mentioned last week. If he learns technique and he doesn't eat the whole uh, food course, he's going to be something good. He could be really well. So uh, I think the Jets did really well, and it's not really much more to say about that. Um, they did pick a punter. They did pick a punter, so that, that was interesting Never to see. Agree. At 191, so it's here or there for that. So the Jets definitely found the needs. They took care of what they needed to get. They got a couple offensive linemen. Uh, they got the running back. They got another safety who's supposedly good when watching night two, and they got the first. Their first two picks were two guys that they they wanted. So that's pretty much the quick uh, run through with the Jets. I thought they had a good first draft under uh, Joe Doug uh, Joe Douglas. Whether it was luck or or whatever, they they were able to like we said move back and still get Mims. That was the key because this roster is very. You know, we've seen it over the years. It's deprived of any real talent. You know, there's yeah. there's no depth on this roster. And they used the Giants pick and got a safety in Davis, which was a seemed to be a pretty good safety. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. They took advantage of uh, the the two third round picks that they had. Yeah, and how many they had? How many fourth round picks? I think three or three fifth round picks, something like that. Two third rounders and one, yeah. two, three fourth rounders. Yep. So they stocked up there in the middle rounds, which is where you build your team. Yep. They, so, they did a good job. Yeah. And, and you really never hear that for the Jets. So baby steps with that. The key is just putting them all together, though. Like, yeah. The key is, I mean, I could say it, but they need a new head coach. I mean,. <laughs> It's well, not to, gonna be, to be fair, they were good, and then I don't... Sam Darnold also got mono. So, <laughs> but they. Like, in all fairness, Trevor Simeon, Simeon was not the answer to winning games. To all fairness, but he did break his leg on his first drive. That's, that's, I mean, and then that's, it was what Luke Folk was that his name? Yeah, they're, but they're complete like utter. But they did play the the easiest league, uh, schedule in the league. So, but their 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 other um, like their defiantness on not going to get somebody else instead of Luke Falk was pretty shocking to me at the time. Like that's whoever's in charge, which I think at the time was Gaze or what Joe Douglas, whatever. It's it, that, was, that was shocking. Anyway, yeah, it was pretty shocking. Um, on to the Giants. What do positives? We saw you that you both agreed and liked number four, yes. right? Yep. Got the offensive tackle. We got Danny Dimes some blocking. As we the, go from there, the way the way you look at it is, what does the offense circle around? And that's a young quarterback and young running back. So what do you need? You need big bodies up front that are going to got- open up lanes for those guys. You got two of those on the first two days. Correct. Well, we technically got three. I got three. I, I actually like the guard that we got first from two Hull, days. Oregon. First, I meant the first first two days. Yeah. First of the first three picks, you got 
two, two tackles. Yeah. Tackles. And the guy from Alabama, I like. Everybody. Yeah, likes. he's he's has a first. He has a he has a first uh, day uh, grading. You can see he's just running all over the field. He can make make plays as a slot corner. He could play make plays in center field. Um, we got really lucky with him. Um, for whatever reason, he fell a couple picks in the, into the second round for us to pick him up. Um, I originally wanted pass rush, but obviously with someone that good coming in, falling into our laps, you got to jump on him and hopefully he is just as productive as he was in Alabama. He, he reminds me a little bit, not like an Isaiah Simmons, cause Isaiah Simmons is obviously a top 10 draft pick, but uh, he reminds me he could he makes similar the similar plays as Isaiah Simmons did, so maybe we luck out and get someone like Isaiah Simmons along with um, Thomas at pick four. Um, I do like the tackle that we we drafted in the third round from UConn. He's a project, but he is big enough and fast enough to hopefully. Maybe in a year or two, becoming our other tackle, whether it's right or left. Um, I also like the uh, Lemieux kid from Oregon. He played fifty-something games for Oregon the last four years. He, he's won a couple team uh, Pac-12s and second-team All-Americans, so he obviously has talent. It's going to be interesting to see. He's going to get some time at center and guard during practice. And he could potentially move into center, and he could do- maybe dominate as a center. So we'll see with that. And the rest of the draft picks, I thought they just got best players available and fill voids that hopefully we can have them all play special teams and uh, maybe contribute down the line. The so, so I just looked this up. Nick Saban took over at Alabama in 2007. So was it the 2007 season? Yeah, it was the two. It was actually at the end of the 2007. So 2008 was his first season as the coach there. Um. Oh no, 2007 was the first year. 19 defensive backs have been drafted out of Alabama since then. Defensive backs, safeties, corners, safeties, whatever. Just defensive backs from Alabama. This is a guy where. When you read on Twitter after they took him in the second round, they were quoting Joe Judge saying, went to their spring game last year with Belichick, and Belichick made me watch him. When Belichick tells you to watch a defensive player, you keep your eyes on them. And they said, and Gettleman then said it, it was like, Judge said it was either this guy or trade out of this pick. If he's not there, there's no reason for us to pick here. We can move back and get somebody even just as good. Mm-hmm. So we stuck there because he was there. Because Belichick put the put the memo into his head. Which, like we've been saying since Joe Judge has been named, that Saban-Belichick mindset brought here. Now I know, like Vin was saying earlier with the Packers, you get LaFleur with the... Uh, the McCarthy and the uh, McCoy offensive type of setup that he likes. But we're going to have a coach that's running a Belichick-Nick Saban defense. This is the guy you need. And big bodies up front. Mm -hmm. 
So they filled that need of big bodies. Yeah, I, 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 I'm very happy the way they handled business this week. That this was they had to fill the void with offensive linemen, and they potentially have a three-fifths of an offensive line if everything goes plainly in two to three years with Hernandez right there. They could have a very strong offensive line within a year or two, depending on how certain things fall into place with them. So I'm excited to see these guys uh, work hard and play pretty well. And I also forget to mention the cornerback that they got. Um, drawing a blank on his name. I'm going to get to it really yeah. Yeah. Williams. UCLA in two and a half years. He, that's, like, oh, a, that's a smart dude. Like classes. Like he he graduated in two and a half years. Yeah. He graduated in two and a half years. That's that's pretty impressive. That's a hard worker. That's what I'm, that's what that is right there. That's a student. That's what you need in the league. Hey, go out here and now. Play. You had mentioned earlier that you thought uh, edge rusher maybe in the second round or third round. They didn't address even linebacker until the sixth round. Is that, I mean... The, the way I said it, and even my dad brought it to my attention, hey, why are we not grabbing linebackers, is we went out and signed like three or four linebackers. So we have guys on the board that we're planning to put into the field. And I, and I think... Yeah, and then with Fackrell, signing Fackrell, and I guess they're they're waiting on Zimenez and uh, Carter to break out, hopefully, along the next couple of years. Um, All right, well, good luck with like, that. I, obviously, I would have liked a little bit more, but it just doesn't seem to be the, in the Giants' plan. They want it more of a unit-wise, so... I got a couple arguments with a couple of cousins of mine, but honestly, we don't watch the tapes like these guys that these do they these guys do for their jobs. So there's obviously certain things there, and a lot of these guys are looking at videos. They're very scrappy. I liked I liked the um, Cam Brown pick, the linebacker from Penn State at one eighty uh, pick one eighty three. He looks never, never a bad thing to pick a linebacker from Penn State. No, a linebacker you. And he he basically led Penn State in tackles last year. So a good Penn State team too. And a yeah, very good Penn State team. He he was right around the either leading or right around the top of the team with tackles. So like if if um Connolly doesn't come back from the the knee surgery healthy he could hopefully be a plug and play guy right there too cuz he's He's pretty good. He's hard-nosed, and he did hate on the Cowboys on his Twitter from 2015, <laughs> which resurfaced, which was pretty funny, and Giant fans got a kick out of. So they, there was a lot of positives. There was a lot of positives, and let's see how these guys get to work and gel. We definitely have the first two picks of guys plugging and being ready to go and being cornerstones for our team, hopefully, in a couple uh, next year and years to come. Sort of like the Jets, this isn't. This is we're still building. This isn't a one-year jump kind of scenario for the Giants. We don't think. No. So this is still a we're building this draft, next draft, next free agency. So they brought in an influx of talent, and you know it seemed to. I, I think 
it sounds like they did well. Yeah, people I, I was, are always gonna bitch about draft picks. Yeah, anybody I, complaining about anything past the first three rounds? My complete honesty, you nobody knows what they're doing. Answer that. I, I I agree. Like my my cousin didn't like the uh, Holmes pick. I was like, what? what do you, you stay up at midnight and watch the UCLA games? Like, right. stop. Like, right. I know you don't watch that, those games. Like, how are you gonna act? He, he dropped the is Dave Gettleman cards? No. Like I'm like <laughs> really. Like you're dropping that on me today. In all like, fairness, Gar Snow is really good at waiver pickups. Yeah. So, Gettleman's actually not bad at draft picks. So I, I don't know what you're complaining about. So, like, that, it's yeah, just I, like you just want to complain, just to complain sometimes. It's true, but I think that the draft actually ends up being all really well for both locals. Um, the Jets are still a couple of years away so bringing in Mims now to develop I mean who's really going to show him development is going to be up there That's is a the question. question um but I know I can see that something's going to happen big with them with this you know like Vin said can't you never know who gets cut you never know what happens between right. now and then it's always cap casualties and injuries. And you that got kind of stuff. Vin and I were talking about this the other day. Traded. Um, June first is one of those cap days that teams look at to pay roster bonuses, so people get cut between now and then. People get cut just because of hey, this position was available during the draft, so you're a cap casualty. You're out of here. Right. Um. So with that, that with the Jets, as for the Giants, you know, like we were saying, they brought in young talent that's ready to learn and ready to go, and big-bodied people. And that's what the Giants have been missing, that angry, big-bodied mm-hmm. offensive line. Yep, we're finally getting the hog mallies that David Gertelman so desperately wanted. We so... had them in, like, 2007 also with that whole offensive oh, line. Yeah, now that's they're what all I'm tiny as hell, that... but, you know, that'll be good for these hey, guys. You know, 15 years from now, they'll get tiny. Just like Watching those old games, I'm like, I'm, I'm. They weren't the best players. Well, Snee was. They weren't the best players, but they were such a good unit, and the amount of protection they gave Eli and the running games, the, it was something else. That that 2018 was even a better year for the running game. So, we we got to get back there. We that's the the only way we're gonna be good again is if we have the Solid fronts again, and we're starting that offensively. So I'm happy. You build an offensive line as a unit. They don't have to be all pros. Just, mm-hmm. They exactly. play 16 games together. You did your job. The s and Podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends. I really like what the, I mean, it's tough to not like what the Bengals did, right? You got a franchise quarterback, um, and they got him a receiver in round two. I think it was, I keep forgetting which one went where. Yeah, they got T. Higgins. They got TJ. From Higgins from Clemson, and then oh, Pittman was the other one that went to Indy right after. 
I thought Indy was an interesting one. We might, again we mentioned it earlier. They took Jacob Eason. Um, after now they have Rivers, so like that seems like again, that's a team with a plan. You know, Eason probably won't be ready for, you know, a couple of years, two, three. You could fill, yeah, use Phil Rivers till then, and and kind of go on. I don't know what. Um, is there anybody that's really stuck out to you guys? The, the we talked about it already. The the hurts to the Eagles is the most interesting move that happened. Like yeah, like why? The question will be why, and will it be because they don't think Wentz is it long term anymore? Um, do they think that? Uh, do they think that you know putting in a package for? Hurts to keep Wentz off the field as much? Is that the plan here? Like, it doesn't I, make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. Especially, yeah. I I, I could, they're, they're, I, I would think they would have some sort of packages for Jalen Hurts. You, you, you know, I, I would think there's some, to have them both on the field kind of thing. I also liked what Dallas did. I mean, it's tough to not like that they had C.D. Lamb kind of drop to them. But then they also would go back to Alabama defensive backs. They got one in the second round, uh, digs the corner. For the first time in uh, forever, Mike McCarthy gets a receiver in the first round. So I'm sure he was happy about that. Um, he was probably so, like, yeah, I know you're allowed to take a skill guy. I mean, he was literally never allowed to take a skill position player in his tenure um yeah i do i, I do like uh sorry for it. i also like what tampa bay did as well the bucks did a good draft as well with whiffs and hold on they i thought they had a good draft as well and, and the niners niners going out the there ni- picking the up niners, a couple man. not even not even in the draft just you know bringing in trent williams from washington for mm-hmm. for a very late pick you know it they you know they, best of luck to Joe yeah. Stanley of course who's retiring due to injuries mm-hmm. and just being in the league for a long time, and you know of course we uh, we will always wish him healthy and the best of luck. He was always a class player, um, but the Niners you know again, what was weren't they the ones that swapped with Tampa also to move up? Yes, yeah, or move back one spot. Yeah, they got they got a receiver. Um... I don't know which I forget which one they got. I'm looking now. They got uh, Kinlaw, the defensive tackle. So basically, they traded DeForest Buckner, and then used that pick. They went back one to Tampa, from with Tampa, and then used that pick to replace DeForest Buckner. So cheaper guy, no contract, pretty much the same player. And then they got Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, mm-hmm. um, right ahead of where the Packers were dra- drafted. I didn't realize that. Another guy I was looking at. So, I mean, the Niners did a good job. Um, speaking, you were mentioning Tampa before we saw earlier today that Jameis Winston signed with the Saints. Did I, is that official? You know what's funny is the NFL tweeted that out, and I haven't seen it anywhere else. I, it's weird also because I thought I could have sworn I also saw an interview with Taysom Hill about a two-year extension. Yeah, he got that. That That's official. That happened. That happened. They paid him a lot of money to, you know, be a 
every single thing that you can be, guy. Do but, you know, if you had to guess how many completions Taysom Hill has in his career, how many would you guess? 15. Danny? Uh, is it the meme that I saw today? I don't know. What's your answer? Seven. Six is the answer. He has completed six passes. Yeah, but that life. means he's... What is his his uh, completion percentage? I don't hear so so Scheffler tweeted out um, two years, twenty one million, including sixteen million guaranteed, plus a million more based on performance. So ideally, because he signed a tender about a month ago, it's a one year extension for sixteen point three. And then Mike Carver wrote out touched the ball fifty two times last year, twenty seven rushes, nineteen catches, six pass attempts. That's it over sixteen games, and. And got seven touchdowns on those fifty-two touches, but is that worth sixteen million dollars? No, it is absolutely not worth sixteen million dollars. I will go to my grave. Taysom Hill is the most overrated player in the league. He is. He literally. I. I feel like he's getting this contract off of the one throw he made in the playoff game which was a bomb that he completed. But, like, he's had – this is his career. He's run the ball 64 times and caught 22 passes. So that's 86 times he's touched the ball in – the first season doesn't count. So in two years, he's touched the ball 86 times. That's literally nothing. And, okay, passing – why, why is his passing that here? Here we go. He has thrown. He's 6 for 13, so that's a 46% completion percentage for zero touchdowns and a pick. So Scheffler is reporting that the Saints and Winston are in discussions about a one-year contract. Okay. Which, again, doesn't make any sense. So basically, also, he'll just be Teddy. He's also got sacked twice, so that's 15 dropbacks. He's completed six passes. This, I, this isn't... Uh, Against, I guess it is against him, but you can pick basically any person in the league and they can do what he's doing for them. Like, rushing 64 times for 352 yards and three touchdowns in his life is, uh, this is not worth $20 million. You can pick a wide receiver. Randall Cobb could do exactly this. I'm almost positive. So can um, Randall Cobb be able to do it? So can the other Montgomery? Yeah, Brad Jones back in the day could have done this literally exactly. Antoine Randall. Like yeah, this is. I mean, the list goes on and on. This is not a special player, and he'll never be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. I I can guarantee you that. Maybe and or the starting quarterback of anybody any team, unless the Patriots trade for him, but. Um, here's an interesting draft fact. This year, Michigan had four offensive linemen selected. This is only the second time in the common draft era where one school had four offensive linemen drafted in one draft. It Oklahoma like did it last year. It sounds like a small number, but also like that's four fifths is your line. Yep. So like there's only. <laughs> it's really impressive. It's, in, in, yeah, in it's the, still in, impressive that it happens. Yeah. And also. The interesting draft note was that the Patriots didn't draft a quarterback, but they did sign the Michigan State quarterback, who was pretty decent last year. wasn't terrible, but a project I, guy. Everything people are saying is that 
they like Stitham, whatever his name is, and that he's going to play. Right, I, the guy they drafted last year. Sure. Uh, listen, uh, they have not been wrong on quarterbacks very often. They were right on Garoppolo. They were, I mean, they were right on Jacoby Brissett. They're both, I think, starting quarterbacks. Maybe not Jacoby Brissett. I don't know. That's passed a little bit. I mean, it's a very, they're very. Well, they were able to get picks for him because they know he was never going to play for them. So that's a pa- That's a victory on their part. But that, but that was an interesting one. Do they call the Colts and say, "Hey, here's a draft pick for next year"? That's that's what I'm saying. For, I think. Do you bring Jacoby back? In Bill's head, he thought, "I'm never going to play this guy" because he thought he was going to get his way and and get rid of Brady and have Garoppolo come in. But he got overruled, and now he's without both of them. I if if he knew he was going to get overruled, they would not have traded Brissett. I don't think. Right. Because it just it, it doesn't. It wouldn't make a lot of sense. Well, also, Brady was thinking of retirement a couple of years ago. Because remember, a couple of years ago is when Giselle was saying, hey, you need to be more of a father. So he was debating on playing anymore, and that was right before they traded um, Garoppolo. But then when he decided to come back is when Kraft was like, cool, let's trade Garoppolo and get draft picks. Yeah, I mean. And now Kraft, Kraft's got to be the one looking back being like, jeez, oh, what did yeah, I do? Yeah, he... he... He made a mistake. Bill's not wrong a lot. And looking back, yeah, they won a Super Bowl after they traded Grab after they traded him. So like Brady still had some time some some left in him. But it's uh in the end I, he probably was right in this. Well well here comes the question everybody's been asking for five years now. Can Tom win without Bill and can Bill win without Tom? This this will be the year to answer. I think, I personally think, that Brady's in the better situation, not because of who's in Tampa, but more of who's coaching Tampa. I don't know about that because, I mean, Arians' offense is very downfieldish, and Tom doesn't really have the arm anymore. Like he's not Carson Palmer, and like Court was always. He always had the arm. Like, that was never an issue for him. Brady, his arm strength has been an issue. So how do they cater the offense to him, whatever, that like, I think will be interesting, and you would assume that they would cater it more toward his needs. But between him and Evans and Gronk and I don't know what their running backs do. I think they drafted a running back. Um, uh, Chris Godwin is the other guy. So, like, that's uh, – they have – he's in a better position with the thing people surrounding him. But I'm extremely excited, actually. Like, I think the Patriots, obviously, because of what happened. But, like, they're the most interesting team in the league to me this year because uh, there's going to – Belichick's going to be pulling out all the stops. What kind of crazy rules is he going to find? There's, he's going to find a rule somewhere in the back of the play, the rule book that says, like, he gets ten points because he wore a purple hat or something. Like he's gonna, it's gonna be like Wiley Coyote. He's gonna have to pull out everything in order to win these games. And I, if I had to pick which who was gonna have more wins, I think I would pick the Patriots right at the moment. Like I don't think Tampa Bay is 
They have the weapons. I, I'm not. Tampa's got Brady and the great Blaine Grabbert is the backup down there. If every rarely works right away in football, like it's going to take a little time here, especially with this kind of weird offseason we're going to have. Did you hear he got in like a lot of trouble? Brady was in like a, a park and. Okay, well he got he got a ticket basically for being in the park. But the thing about going to Leftwich's house, he's not allowed to be doing that. Like that, it is it is illegal for players to to visit with coaches right now. Right until that... until the league year starts. So like what he did there. Well, the illegal. league year started. Technically, the league year has started. Okay, in March well, then, the league until started. Until a certain date, it's not the league year, but it's until a certain date. He's not allowed to be meeting with coaches. So what he did was against NFL rules. They're not going to punish him. It technically is. And if it doesn't work out, Blaine Gabbard is the backup. And that's just huh. not good. <laughs> but I'm happy to know Blaine Gabbard still has a job. <laughs> good for him. And Marcus Mariota is doing nothing. No, Marcus Mariota has a job. Where? He went to... He's somebody's backup. Oh, the Raiders. Uh, Yes. Raiders. The Raiders. He went to to Vegas. I keep saying Oakland. He went to Vegas. Jarrett Stedman. They're also also Stidman. we haven't talked about the New England Patriots. Jason Statham is his name. <laughs> the, they're also going to be wearing the jerseys from the movie Replacements this season. Pretty much. <laughs> they're just they're distancing themselves as far as they can from the Tom Brady era. They really we're, didn't, though, because they took their color rush jerseys and made them the same jersey. Nope, we're starting anew. What they should have done is went back to the 90s jerseys. The the weird, the like, huge patriot star on the guy on the hill. Yeah. That, and the light blue jerseys. Yeah. Curtis Martin like, jerseys. Yeah. The Those Drew Bledsoe were... Super Bowl jerseys. Right. The one you beat them in the Super Bowl. That did happen. Don't worry, Stedman. You've got Edelman and Mohamed Sanu to throw the ball to. I mean, it's only a matter of time before Edelman just Walks, leaves. Finds his way to Tampa. It's only a matter of time. I wouldn't w- wouldn't shock me for him to take the year off. Edelman? <laughs> I don't know about. I'm going to retire. Ed- of all of them, Edelman seems the most like okay with the Bill way. Like I, Gronk very clearly was sick of dealing with Belichick and Brady has been doing it longer. So he's, but like, I think Edelman's in the right spot where he's the most okay with, he's going to continue dealing with the non, with the, the nonsense. All right. So before we go, before we end this, Burroughs is definitely going to be the day one starter. There's no question about that. Yeah. Right. We're all in agreement mm-hmm. there that Burrow is starting over Andy Dalton week one. I don't think Andy Dalton is still on the team, is he? He's not officially cut yet, but he's all likely going to be yeah, cut. Yeah, he's going to get cut. Yeah, I just looked. He's on the depth chart. Ooh, he could be the Patriots quarterback. Yo. Those are the running jokes. Fire red. Like... Fire red Patriot. Let's go. All right. Does Tua start week one in Miami? I'm going to say no week one. I say yes. Unless Fitz Magic gets on his bullshit like he always does. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's they're gonna go like four or five weeks of Fitz Magic. I think if two if they open up the facilities 
and see Tua alive and in, in shape and healthy, it's going to be like this is Darnold's first year. Fitzpatrick will back him up. They're just going to throw him out there and say, hey, listen, you're the guy they're paying to watch. So It wasn't Fitz, uh, it wasn't Darnold's backup. No, it was... Uh... No. Yeah, Josh McCown. Oh, yeah, they cut Fitzpatrick for Darnold, right? Is that what it was? Or something? Oh, he just left, I think. I think it was... His contract was up. See, yeah. I'm looking at Miami's depth chart, and Danny will agree that they shouldn't let Tua play, considering his left guard is Eric Flowers. <laughs> hey, they paid him big money, man, and he finally they finally smartened wow. up that he's not bad at left. He's not bad at guard, and we all been saying that, but <laughs> it was the bridge was already mm-hmm. burned to shreds by the time they realized that. All right, then the in- then the interesting one. Herbert in Los Angeles. Same thing, no. I think they... Uh... Poor Tyrod. <laughs> Tyrod's just Tyrod a will get a couple Tyrod's weeks. a magnet. Clearly. Oh. Tyrod will get, again, maybe five to eight games. Um, I don't know when their bye week is. That's usually when you do it, though. Um, I mean, they have enough weapons to be able to you know, figure something out with Tyrod. Tyrod almost has 10,000 yards in his career. Has 54 touchdowns. He's been in the league since 2011. He's been to the playoffs once. Even though he got benched twice in that season. Somehow. That game was <laughs> brutal. Ethan Peterman, what a guy. He got oh, hurt. That's fine. No, but he got benched for Nathan Peterman, too. Twice. No. He got hurt in that game for Nathan Peterman. No, he got benched, I thought. The first time he got hurt, the second time he got benched. In the season during the season he got benched. Yeah. He got benched. And then Nathan Peterman threw four interceptions in the like the first half. And you were like, What exactly are you doing? Right, he Right. In two thousand and seventeen he went seventeen for thirty seven for hundred and thirty four yards in the playoff game. And got hurt. Oh. I don't know if he, maybe he got hurt in that game, but that game was just a disaster. That might have been all, the whole game. No, nothing happened. It was the most boring playoff game in the history of the world. Yeah, Buffalo Bills were going to the playoffs. I, they they were in the playoffs. <laughs> um, I I think he gets a couple start a couple games before they go to Herbert. Yeah, just kind of looking at their roster. They have a decent roster. They have a run, young running game. They have pretty good wideouts. I also say winners of the jerseys, the new jerseys for this season. Oh, for sure. But yeah, they have they have Keenan Allen, they have uh, Mike Williams. Williams. Yeah, right. they have or whatever Hunter his Henry. name is. Hunter still have Hunter Henry. They have Austin Eckler. Virgil like, Green. Their team is not. Their weapons are there. Linville Joseph's on that team now too. Well, isn't that great? That guy's been around for. Wasn't he on the first Super Bowl team, Danny? Linville mm. Joseph? No, second. The second one, yeah. I feel like this guy's been in the league for 30 years. Uh, he's been around for a while. He was uh, he was definitely a Viking for Ever. a good amount of years. 2010 was his rookie year. He was a Viking. He was a giant for four and a Viking for two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, was, I remember that. And has a TD touchdown with the Vikings. That I don't remember. But also fuck the Vikings. Only played 13 games in last year. But anyway, uh, anything from you guys to plug? Nope. 
No, uh, I oh. think we got all, all telling, our drill thoughts out here. I was telling Vin I started another article for SND blog. This time I will be ranking the jokers that have been played in the movies, including Cesar Romano. Yeah, that's what it was. From the 1966 movie. I gotta watch that one again. I don't think you need to watch that one again. I do. It was a good one. I did mean to point out, I didn't text you at the moment, but I think you left him out in the Batman out of that movie when you wrote your Batman article. I did, but I wrote that I left him out in that article. Oh, okay. Because there were five other Batmans after Adam West. Okay, so you just went top five? Right. Basically? Yes, and... Now I will add, since there's only been four jokers since Nicholson yeah. movie wise, I'm adding him to make sure there's five. Yeah, okay, right. Okay. Cause I mean I would have Hamill, make... Hamill could be in there, but he's just the mo- the T V guy. The voice for the, the I bet cartoon. yeah, you don't have to count him. Cause, but you did mention uh what's his name? Uh Kevin Con Conroy. Yeah, Kevin Conroy, I think Conroy, it's his I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the, the the animated Batman. Right. So I did mention both of them, who were also in uh, TV this past year as both guys, as Batman, Bruce Wayne, and the Joker. On yeah. Arrow, Flash, all those Channel Eleven shows. Oh, okay. So look for that coming out probably this week. With that being said, we'll be back when that Danny becomes a dad. Wow. Yeah. Next time we record, we'll probably be Danny will be a dad. We'll have a special guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> have a good night, everybody. That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant voodoo track tires, turbo force deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it.